Okay. <clears throat> um, tonight, I want to try to um, do Unitarian Universalism and then um, Spiritism. Everybody know what that is? Or sometimes it's called spiritualism, but it's really spiritism. But it's, it is the whole, it's the ancient, maybe one of the most ancient things, which is um, communication with the dead, supposedly. And, you know, all that business. Um, <clears throat> which is actually a pretty big um, movement. But it's in all pagan religions, and but there's a you know a, an American branch of it, uh, and the result is um, a I can't remember. Well, I'll, it's in my notes. Whenever the Universalists and the Unitarians merged, um, so you kind of got to figure both of them out. <clears throat> um, so then next week, next Wednesday night. Um, Corey Hunter is going to take the lesson and do um, Scientology. Okay? Now, because I'm not going to be here um, this Friday, um, we're flying back to Ohio, and there's a minister and wives retreat there um, that I'm supposed to be the exalted speaker uh and you know i've been praying for the blizzard a blizzard on friday i i don't know i i'm getting to where i'm i hate to think i'm old but i hate flying anymore um you know that's just a grueling deal and i don't know i just kind of like to stay home but anyway so Corey's going to cover next wednesday <clears throat> so Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get started here tonight. Father in heaven, thank you for the day. Thank you, Lord, that you are faithful to us. Absolutely, Lord, without fail, you are always near to us. And you guide us, and you sustain us, and help us, teach us. We're just grateful, Lord, that you have promised you would not leave us orphans. So we thank you. Be with us, I pray, this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> okay. Um, I just checked today to see if there is a Unitarian Universalist church here in um, Gillette. And there apparently was one up until very recently maybe just some months ago it says on the website that they are temporarily inactive okay but for those that are dying to get to a universe uh unitarian universalist they've got a, a one in sheridan so um at any rate <clears throat> the unitarian universalists have been around for um well, they've been around for a long time. Um, some of the early universalists, there's some names that we'll, we'll run into here um, that 
are a little bit disappointing. Um, but Unitarianism has been around, um, well, since as early as the 1300s. Um, there was a guy by the name of Socinius, and um, this was about the time of Martin Luther. Um, there was another guy by the name of Michael Servetus, okay? Well, Michael Servetus was a Unitarian. This is in the mayhem after the Protestant Reformation. A lot of, you know, each country kind of had their own Reformation, their own rejection of Catholicism. And Michael Servetus um, was one of the earliest um, guys who began to preach Unitarianism. And um, he was a, f a friend of, or ended up an ex-friend, um, of Martin Luther and John Calvin, okay? He ended up in Geneva. And uh, Calvin ended up having Michael Servetus, because he believed in universalism, burned at the stake, okay? And then later in John Calvin's life, it was a bit late, um, but he expressed regret that um, he was that too harsh on Servetus. Um, so people were into burning at the stake. It wasn't just Catholics. I mean, Protestants burnt Catholics. Protestants burned other, other Protestants. Um, it's pretty interesting, okay? All in Christian love. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> so Unitarianism basically um, just denies the Trinity. Uh, there, is, there is one God, and they have a rather, um, they have several strange kind of definitions. They just believe that there's, there's one God, um, Jesus was, Jesus existed, but he was nothing more than a, he was not supernatural, he was not born of a virgin. He was not the Son of God, second person of the Trinity. None of those things. He was just an enlightened teacher um, and leader and died a normal death like everybody else. Okay? Um, among, the, um, among the people who later professed to be Unitarians were quite a few of the founders, the, uh, the American found, founding fathers, because they were deists. And deism went along well with Unitarianism. Um, a deist, deists were people who basically believed that God created the world. It was like he created um, a very finely tuned watch God wound it up, went on a permanent vacation. Um, and it runs by itself, and he doesn't get too involved in human relations. The idea of a spiritual encounter with God where you're converted and your heart's transformed, and we um, walk with the Lord, we pray and read his word, and we live in the presence of God, that he is 
minutely involved in our daily lives, uh, they denied all of that. Now, some of them were a mishmash of not quite that rigid. Um, and so it's hard to just take, you know, a whole chunk of the um, founding fathers and put them in the deist. But a lot of them, Benjamin Franklin, Thomas Jefferson, um, you know, Je I think I told you, Jefferson took the New Testament and cut every miracle out of it. Um, and Jefferson would have been a Unitarian. Um, so they had some, some principles, but as far as being um, born-again Christians, um, not all of them were. Um, in fact, Jefferson made the statement that the Trinity was just a bunch of religious jargon. Um, yet, um, Benjamin Franklin was a deist, wrote a book on how to pick a mistress. <laughs> okay? <laughs> if anybody wants one of those, um, I'll see if I can get you a copy. Um, yet, it was Benjamin Franklin that made the motion that they convene Congress with prayer, and he quoted the scripture. He said, if a sparrow can't fall to the ground without the fa our father, he said, how could a nation rise? Um, and Benjamin Franklin went to hear George Whitfield. George Whitfield was a f very close uh, companion of John Wesley and Charles Wesley. And he came over here to America and um, was a tr beyond tremendous preacher. Um, I don't want to get off the subject here, but one, one, uh, one point I read where he was in England he was preaching to a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of sailors, you know, the Navy and people that were at sea all the time. And he preached this sermon, and in describing a storm at sea, he did it with such picturesque language and painted the picture of the horror of waves breaking over the, the ship and so forth that when he got to the place in his sermon describing this, they, he said something about, you know, man, the whatever. The whole, the whole audience stood up and started <laughs> figuring out what they could do. And then they realized we're in church. <laughs> uh, we're not on a ship. Um, but anyway... Benjamin Franklin was pretty skeptical of revivalists. Wesley would have been, you know, the Methodist, he didn't have much to do with. And so with, with a rather skeptical attitude, he went to hear George Whitfield preach because he was going, coming through America and he, was, um, he had a bunch of um, orphanages, both in Britain and here in America. And... So he was raising money for it, and he was legendary for being an orator that could just pry money out of anybody. So anyway, Benjamin Franklin went to hear him. He claims, Franklin wrote that he claimed he could hear George Whitfield up to a mile away. Now, I'm, I don't know about that. Um, but they didn't have sound systems then, and so they 
they trained literally to project their voices. Well, Benjamin Franklin went to hear Whitfield, and Whitfield's describing, you know, poor orphans and the whole thing. And so he writes in his journal or whatever that, well, he figured he'd give him a little bit of pocket change um, because, you know, it was kind of pulling at his heartstrings. And so Franklin listens to some more, and then he decides, well, he'd give him, you know, some paper money or whatever. Um, then he, you know, loosened up a little more. Finally, he ended up putting absolutely every cent he had on him in this offering basket and then went to someone else in the crowd that he knew well, borrowed money from him, wrote him basically a bad check, but the guy knew it was good so he could put money in the offering. Um, I don't understand a lot of those guys. I think that they had some bad theological ideas, but somehow even as being half a bubble off, they probably had more religion than a lot of the professing people do today. So I don't know, but it's, it's a little disappointing. But anyway, um, <clears throat> let me see here. I'm not going to read um, every single name here. But there, well, <clears throat> there was a guy named Jonathan Mayhew who was a very famous pastor in Boston, Joseph Priestley. And now, this is a real extra credit question. What, and you can't answer it, because I bet, um, well, we'll wait. <laughs> Ever heard of Joseph Priestley? Oxygen. Um, he, he was a Unitarian. Um, Famous scientist. William Channing. I had to write a paper on Channing in, in seminary. Uh, he was a famous, famous preacher. Um, I think, it, well, Boston and New York. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. Most people have heard of him. Um, those are just a few of the, what you would call, notable Unitarians. Okay? <clears throat> and with with the notion that Jesus is not the Son of God, the Holy Spirit is not existent. Um, of course, the notion of conversion experience goes out the window. Um, the idea <clears throat> of the infallibility of Scripture, they don't believe in the infallibility of Scripture. Um, they believe that there are a lot of other religious books that have equal authority um, as the Scripture. Now, they don't say that the Bible's not worth reading because it was given to us, much of it, by Jesus, who was just a wonderful teacher. But he's not God. And so um, it's a cafeteria arrangement of theology, the doctrines. It's, I'll have a spoon of that. I don't care for this. Um, and so they've concocted their own entire um, system. Probably, um, maybe the best thing to do is look at, they have, which I sort of can't figure out, but they have what are called seven principles that are representative of their basic beliefs. And then they have something called six sources, okay? 
which I don't understand that much either. But um, we'll look at them um, here and, you know, just go through them to get an idea. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people that are functionally Unitarian Universalists. Um, that may may not even identify that way because one of the things one of the things about the unitarian universalists they're very free free open minded is the thing so you might be a catholic you may occasionally go to mass st matthews but you really buy into unitarian universalist principles okay you're going to be a liberal politically um, and but you don't necessarily even have to be um, there's not a strict membership kind of a thing it's just a free flowing crosses a lot of different boundaries um, here's the seven um, principles okay um, well let, let me read this one of the a, a leading, I guess you'd say, officer in the denomination of Unitarian Universalists. Um, the principles are not dogma or doctrine, but rather a guide for those of us who choose to join and participate in Unitarian Universalist religious communities. So the word church isn't used either, really. It, it's, very, it's very just free whatever first principle the inherent worth and dignity of every person okay i mean who's who's gonna i don't believe that um yeah god made us so okay um second principle justice equity and compassion in human relations okay third principle acceptance of one another and encouragement to spiritual growth in our congregations now spiritual growth to them has nothing to do with conversion or being convinced of a certain doctrine believe a set of teachings necessarily um, it's self-help um, bootstrap kind of self-improvement um, there's really not such a thing as salvation because there is no heaven there is no hell there's some life continues in some kind of a um, blissful something or other um, but there is no physical heaven or a physical hell um, there's no of course torment um, there's really no sin I mean there, there's not a doctrine of sin per se it's just the violation of these kind of general rules that you shouldn't do okay and if you do you got to kind of work on things um, <clears throat> fourth principle a free and responsible search for truth and meaning okay so basically it's your truth my truth you leave me alone I'll leave you alone because we're all in the search for truth and your way of truth is different than mine, but hey, we're all just 
then then somebody gets their guitar out and we sing Kumbaya. Um, now, fifth principle, the right of conscience and the use of the democratic process within our congregations and in society at large, okay? Um, meaning you can't correct, rebuke, disagree with anyone else's conscience and you do not expect or allow it with, with your conscience, okay? So it's a free-for-all that doesn't work. Um, but nevertheless, this is what the, um, I guess you'd say, is, these are the ideals that you strive for. <clears throat> um, sixth principle, the goal and every, <laughs> I don't want you to start bawling and stuff on here and just, you know, swaying back and forth and stuff. Sixth principle, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. You talk about an absolutely delusional um, especially in the world we live in today. But anyway, um, seventh, final principle, respect for the interdependent web. Let me start over. Respect for the interdependent web of all existence of which we are a part. Now, everybody gets that, don't you? I have respect for the interdependent um, web of all existence of which we are a part. Um, the seven principles and six sources, which we haven't read those yet, of the Unitarian Universalist Association grew out of the grassroots of our communities, were affirmed democratically, and are part of who we are. So, um, the sources, six sources, which in reading, I, I, I don't know exactly why, um, I sort of know what they mean by sources, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> there, here's the six sources that the congregations affirm and promote. One, direct experience of that transcending mystery and wonder affirmed in all cultures, which moves us to a renewal of the spirit and an openness to the forces which create and uphold life. Okay. Um, everybody got that? Two, words and deeds of prophetic people which challenge us to confront powers and structures of evil with justice, compassion, and transforming power of love. Okay. <clears throat> Three, wisdom from the world's religions, which inspires us in our ethical and spiritual life. So again, this is not remotely Christian. It is, you know, it's worldwide. We learn from, and heroes here, Jesus is one of the guys, but you know, you've got Buddha, you've got all kinds of different people who are also. Um, four, Jewish and Christian teachings 
which call us to respond to God's love by loving our neighbors as ourselves. Now that's right after wisdom from all the other world's religions. Okay? Um, so, um, five, humanist teachings which counsel us to heed the guidance of reason and the results of science and warn us against idolatries of the mind and spirit. Anybody want to guess what any of this means? Okay. Um, before I read the last one, you can understand then that in general, Unitarian Universalists are arrogant in general. Um, they proclaim themselves learned and intellectuals and they like to view themselves as, you know, ab above the fray. And they don't mingle with, you know, the little people who don't understand these deep um, philosophical teachings. Um, humanist teachings means... They're, they also, they don't believe in such a thing as sin. They certainly don't believe in such a thing as human depravity. Um, it's the spark of the divine is in everyone. Um, we are all basically good. We're just not understood or we've been, you know, some way the, you know, the power structure has um, been harsh on us or been unfair to us. Um, anyway, Fine, last one, six. Spiritual teachings of earth-centered traditions which celebrate the sacred circle of life and instruct us to live in harmony with the rhythms of nature. Okay? Now that is Unitarianism. Okay? In 19, I believe it was 1959, the Unitarians merged with the Universalists. Okay, the Universalists um, are kind of a, to me a little bit, mysterious group. They hold to some, not much more than these guys would, Christian teachings, but whatever whatever saved means, whatever salvation would mean, or just a blissful life after death, whatever, however they define that, everyone will ultimately enjoy it. Meaning, now there are people that are slightly more universal, or slightly more, well, you, they're really not Christian, but they would claim it. Um, who are universalists. The, the, the little more Christian universalists believe that every person, no matter how wicked, it will take longer for the really wicked, the Hitlers, the Stalins, um, those kinds of people. And ultimately, the devil will all finally be saved they will all finally be in some form of heaven um, where it's good. The main purpose, basically, of Unitarian 
universalists um, is all everything will end up being good okay even quote evil people will straighten up and um, but everything's going to end up good okay again to them the word salvation doesn't mean what it means to us um, but whatever varied meanings they have that will be accomplished with everybody um, including again those who are Christian enough to believe in an evil being the devil will someday get saved I guess whatever okay now um, anybody any of you here know anybody that is connected with any of these groups okay we got one two um, I'm thinking of some people that I know um, here in town that I would put them in that category some who have through the years spent a little time here um, they move on they go to all different things and beliefs and so forth um, but they're fundamentally this um, it's kind of a, a world I don't even know what a good term is um, it's a boundaryless as they say a very free search for truth and when I arrive at my truth and my quote conscience I don't care what you believe I'm just really happy for you and you need to be really happy for me and then we're all happy okay um, now um, they are there's probably nobody knows for sure um, it's estimated there's that they're around 400,000 um, Unitarian Universalist adherents in the United States plenty of them around the world um, this is not a though you and I don't seem to know very many people that would declare themselves this is um, not an unpopular way to think um, much of this could describe um, a lot of the secular world in the United States and Europe especially the the churches are empty all through Europe and many of them of course are state churches you have the Lutherans and um, but they're it's it's just really sad they're they're just empty um, and if, if if it weren't for the fact that in almost all the European countries you have a state church they'd be closed because the taxes I mean the church the, the government supports them pays the minister salaries uh, pays for the upkeep of the buildings um, so like like when Cathedral of Notre Dame burned that's owned by the French government the church leases it way back in the 1700s 
storming of the Bastille and the French Revolution, the government confiscated all of the church property. And so the government owns those cathedrals and those churches and the property and so forth. That's why the government and private, but the government paid, you know, it's paid, it's about done, I guess, to restore it. Um, my son Stephen spent a lot of time in Germany, he was working on his doctorate and taught over there and so forth. And um, all the, the Lutheran um, in Germany are, you know, state churches and they're empty. Um, and there'll be some, you know, poor, decrepit priest talking to four or five, you know, old people that are, you can't really sleep in those pews, but I'm sure if they were padded, they would be. Um, it's just dead. And to think that, you know, what, what once was the case there, um, it's really sad. Okay, any questions on... Yeah. Is the uh, Universal Church the online group that uh, issues certificates to people who supposedly officially marry? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I know you can. They may have upped the price, but you used to be able to get ordination certificate for twenty nine ninety five, which meant you could marry people. Right. Um, I don't know. Uh, I probably couldn't say for sure. Um, but yeah, you can. Yeah, you can get you can get licensed to do just about anything. Yeah. Is there any roots in that from the from the Far East? Sounds like maybe some Buddhists and Hindus. And well, they yes, they do. They do count um, Eastern religions, um, Greek philosophers. Uh, Buddha, Confucius, you know, all of these, um, they all consider them spiritual teachers and um, guides, I guess you'd say. So, again, they're so, especially uh, Unitarians, have so um, torn down the walls of Christ Judeo-Christian that they now... Um, except anything, virtually. Except, I suppose, maybe they won't Satanism, but, you know, about anything else, yeah. So would their primary belief be, if it feels good, do it? As long, though, as long as you don't um, harm somebody else. Now, their definition of harm, too, is but you're not being um, you're not being you know loving and just and whatever you know and being part of the earth's rhythm if you're displace somebody burn their house down you know make a move if run them out of the country um, none of that they would um, at least in their teachings espouse but. Um, no different than all of the tolerance preaching, you know, the tolerance people today. Um, 
you cross them, and they'll burn your house down, skin your grandmother. I mean, they, you know, all, but it's all because you're a hater. Um, so it depends on the circumstances. You know what I mean? They, they do what they want, and then they, um, you know, they explain it and excuse it and endorse it, um, justify it, you know. It, it, this is the kind of stuff we hear people today talk about make a distinction they say well I'm not a very religious person but I am spiritual that's what this is so there's, there's no boundaries to it you know you don't have a church necessarily you don't have a denomination you don't have an ordained you know pastor you don't have the, it, it, that's why it crosses all lines all nations and it's just, it's a humanistic and human-created um, displacement of God. And it's a human-created, um, you ought to read sometime, this is old, it came out in the 70s. Anybody ever read uh, the, what's called the Humanist Manifesto? Anybody ever read it? I got it in my library somewhere. But it's really this kind of stuff. It basically is, there's no sin, we're not bad people, we're just misunderstood, or poverty's done something to us, or whatever. But, um, and it's the same thing, respect everyone, love everybody, unless they disagree with me, <laughs> then I burn the house down. Um, they're total hypocrites, but that's what we're dealing with. And the, the, the the self-delusions progress to a point that, um, and I, this honestly is not, I'm not really getting into politics here. It's just that today, um, today on the news, went home to eat lunch, and um, I went back, came back to the office, just walking on air, encouraged more than I've ever been encouraged my whole life. Because President Biden stood there and said that uh, a crime, crime is just plummeting all across the whole country. Now that isn't even political craziness; that's lunacy. I mean, that is that is. I look straight at this and I don't see it. It's not there. I mean, it's insane. Um, but that's where that's. That's where we're at. Um, we are, and the ultimate thing, um, sin is never through with us, as it were, until we come to the place where I will be God. I'm my own God. I'm my own guide. I'm my own arbiter of truth. Um, I am, I belong to me. That's nothing but what apparently Satan said. I will be God. And that's where we're at. Okay, other, other thoughts or questions? <clears throat> yeah. Something just came up is, you know, if you've done any research on the Nicolaitans from yeah. Revelation, that's basically what uh, they were saying. Like the, the teachings of Nicolaus was that, you know, we have grace, and since we have grace, you know, there's really no sin. And Yeah. It, it, the devil's not got a lot of new ideas. But 
they work, so if I were him, I wouldn't change. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, there's no reason to dress it up differently. Um, but yeah, the the and in the you know the scripture, Jesus said they have there. What is that? Prophetess teaches the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Jesus said. Um, but they went on. So, you know, I was thinking, um, increasingly, if we, if as true believers who reverence, like, like Isaiah said, those who tremble at the word of God, um, reverence God, serve him, love him, walk in his ways, um, the, the further away from God-likeness that our culture, the society we find ourselves in, the further away from God's standard it gets, the more we feel like aliens. We feel like we are, well, we're, we're really in, we live in enemy territory. We're behind enemy lines. Um, we're not, we're f we are strangers and sojourners, <laughs> Scripture says. This world is not our home. Um, and that's hard because I can't see heaven. Now, I don't have any trouble believing it, and I believe God, and, but all I can see is here. And um, it's problems here that confront us um you know just the this i think last week was nuts and this week's sort of been nuts with uh, you know people in the church um ill hospitalizations um layoffs losing jobs you know and this world is alien to us and we're alien to them and so we are, we're always out of place. Um, really, if, we, if we're too, if we feel too comfortable, we better look in the mirror. Um, because this is not what we, this is not our home. And if we feel it too much at home, um, we, we better do some introspection, you know. Um, but we are always going to be, um, well, probably the best word is just, I'm not at home. Um, every one of us have been in cases, places, let's say, events or whatever else, where I do not feel at home. I'm not comfortable. I'm nervous. I want to get out of there. I, I you know, and that's really what we face as Christians. This world is not the old Isaac Watts hymn. This world is not a friend of grace to help us on to God. Uh, we're in enemy territory. And the assault is against us, seeking um, to draw us away. So, and it gets, I have to, I have to say, um, this has been good, good for me, but it's a little, draws me up short. For a while, I, I don't even know how long, no, several years, 
Um, Liz apply or Liz subscribe to um, what do you call it? Um, Voice of the Martyrs, and then we you know we donate to them monthly, and the articles that come out, man, you know there's been a few times this morning. This morning I was uh, praying, um, and you know you, you, nobody else here ever has to ever goes through this. Your mind wanders from here to Mars where you, when you're trying to pray. Anybody ever <laughs> had that happen? Um, you know, I'm thinking, you know, Lord help so-and-so, and she's very ill, and I pray that you'd help her, and then I got to fix the faucet over at Bethany's house because, you know, anybody ever deal with that? Of course. Um, so, and I was... I, I just kind of said, I said, Lord, sometimes this mind, you know, all these things. And I didn't even finish the sentence. And I thought about an article we'd read in the um, Voice of the Martyrs, where in Nigeria they are just slaughtering Christians, pastors, burning their churches down, burning their homes, burning their crops, ca- uh, cap- capturing their children. Um, it's just horrific. And, and I'm complaining, you know what I mean? In a nice heated home, you know? Um, so, we're, we gotta be soldiers, I guess. Um, now, any other questions on whatever it is we've been talking about? Unitarian Universalism. No, it's, as far as a, if, you, if we were going to entitle Native American stuff, it's primarily animists, um, which you find in like Africa, a lot, a lot of the, you know, the gods in the rocks, gods in the white wolf, and you know, all that stuff. Um, yet, even in their darkness, um, I think I've mentioned this, but um, especially the Lakota had, you know, we've all heard of the Great White Spirit and all that, but they had a little bit different phrase, um, the everywhere spirit. Man, that's, you know, when you think about that, everywhere they went following the buffalo and riding hundreds of miles, you know, where they knew that spirit that they knew little about, he's here too. That's fascinating. Um, I think it was Bird. I never can remember who was a Bird or P- Perry was in the nor- uh, North Pole. Was Bird in the South? I think so. Okay. He was somewhere trying, you know, wherever he was at. He specifically asked his people to give him like a day or whatever, kind of withdraw, he'd, he'd go on out and get far enough away. He says, I just want to feel what it feels like to be really, truly alone. And in his diary or journal or whatever, he said he felt a presence wherever he was, away from any human being, so clear that he turned around more than once looking to see if somebody was there. 
um, Shackleton. I love all the stuff about Ernest Shackleton and his shipwreck caught in the ice in Ross Sea in uh, Antarctica. Uh, how in the world they got out was God alone. Three guys finally went. He was one of them, went to get help. Um, went 900 miles um, in an open lifeboat um, with a, you know, a sail made out of coats and pants. and There's no way they would have made it. But anyway, they got around to tip eastern side of South America. They had to go over a big ridge of mountains to get down to a whaling station. It was a British whaling station. And they had, I mean, they were freezing. Their clothes were just rags. Um, but he wrote in his journal, he says, the three of us plotted snow blowing in their faces. He said, every one of us knew, sensed, there was a fourth with us. That's God. And these guys... There were some on that, the endurance, that were Christians. Um, not all of them. But, you know, in times like that, there's the everywhere spirit. Anyway, what was I answering? Oh, no. Um, yeah, the, the Native Americans' um, animus would be, yet they had um, the concept, you know, of... A spirit um, so and you know well I'm not gonna get into all that <clears throat> everybody talks about there was a guy named Rousseau and he was a French philosopher and he wrote he taught that society and religion is what wrecked ruined the natives wherever they were if we left them alone the the what was the term he used the noble savage Okay. Now, even using the word savage, of course, today would just send people, you know, into orbit. But the noble savage to him meant if we in society jamming Christian down their throats and all that, left them alone, they would be noble, you know, so it's their, we've corrupted them. Uh, that's not the case. We know that, uh, you know, we don't need, I suppose maybe every Sunday we get up here, we should do what college presidents always do. We want to acknowledge that we're on uh, land that was stolen from the indigenous peoples. Um, yeah, well, the Cheyennes ran off the Shoshones and the, uh, you know, the Sioux ran the crows off and just go. I, when I first came to Wyoming, you know, we were, I'd been through Wyoming a lot, but just through it uh, growing up. But anyway, we were going somewhere and we were driving around and taking our time just looking at some of the state. And we got by um, Crowheart Butte. Okay. Well, go to Crowheart Butte and read that. <laughs> it's called Crowheart Butte because somebody, I can't remember which tribe, killed some crow, 80s heart. So he'd get his power or whatever. The idea of the noble savage um, just dropped noble. Um, the human heart is dark, no matter what it's in. Okay, um, anything else? Should we just, it's 754. 
Um, spiritism would take us a while. I can always do that later. Um, and why I'm, I don't, wouldn't call myself an expert, but um, in 1970, my parents moved from Eugene, Oregon to Anderson, Indiana um, to pastor a church, kind of get one started that was already started, and then go around in the state and the, around, the surrounding states and start churches. Um, and so they did, and um, in Anderson, Indiana, uh, when I got out of whichever second year of college or whatever, I just went home for the summer to Anderson where they had moved from Eugene because just to work and save some money and live at home. Um, while there, <clears throat> I didn't know it, but the uh, international headquarters of the Church of God, it's called the Church of God Anderson, um, as opposed to the Church of God Cleveland, okay? Uh, Church of God Anderson was f there, and they had an excellent Christian liberal arts. Um, and I figured, well, you know, I ought to just go here and finish up, had two years ago. Um, so that's what I did. Um, but at any rate, Chesterfield, Indiana, was probably three miles, four miles uh, east of Anderson. And Chesterfield, Indiana, had a spiritist's um, camp that had been there since the 1800s. And it, when I say camp, it's like the old church camps used to be. A lot of little cabins, tent sites, stuff like that. Main buildings, dining buildings, all that kind of stuff. Well, they had a really, it was a big piece of property, big, a lot of buildings, a lot of these little cabins, prayer gardens, and just all kinds of weird stuff. But it was the, it was the spiritists. Uh, seances you know all the time there were some permanent residents there and you could go to them and you pay them and they'd call grandma up you know um, spooky weird place and you know you'd kids would drive through <laughs> drive through there at night fast you know because just to see what kind of weirdness was going on um, but anyway having that right on the edge of town um, was interesting they'd have these meetings and there'd be a lot of people you know in this town stores and whatever else um but just weird um so anyway i got a little bit of not hands-on but you know some kind of experience being around the Chesterfield bunch so anyway um we'll look at that next week or no Corey will be here um, unless I can figure a way to get out of the Ohio trip. Um, what'd you say? Yeah, yeah, I've been praying for something to hit us Friday, but anyway. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do, um, spiritism. And another couple things, um, how many of you, and I don't want to waste my time on cults that you guys don't even, don't even hear of or they're 
sort of gone out of existence and they're not around. Um, how many people have ever heard of Herbert Armstrong and the what was called the Worldwide Church of God or Radio Church of God? Anybody ever heard of any of that? Okay, okay. They had massive radio and publishing. And the interesting thing is this guy, Herbert Armstrong, <clears throat> was basically, a, he was a, he was a, not a Seventh-day Adventist, but he was, an ad, he was a Seventh-dayer. You know, sun, Saturday worship, some of the dietary stuff. He was, he, you know, he had some things in common with Seventh-day Adventists. He moved, I can't remember where in the world he moved from. Um, but anyway, he moved to Eugene, Oregon, and established a college there. Um, got a huge radio station going, and it was probably in the 40s or somewhere in there. He was born in 19 or 1890-something. Anyway, but he had a big, long-time impact in Eugene. And then he moved down to Los Angeles where he spent the rest of his life. And um, he was a British Israelism believer. Everybody know who, what that is? Any, let me, let me, anybody, who, anybody here who does know what British Israelism is? Okay, do you want to know? Um, maybe when I get back, we can, we can do that. Because there are more people than just the Herbert Armstrong group. Um, another group called Plymouth Brethren that started in England in the 1840s are, were part of their doctrine was British Israelism. So anyway, we'll, we'll maybe look at that. Okay, it's 8 o'clock. We still got 10 minutes before the kids descend on us. So let's pray and we'll dismiss. Father in heaven, again, we thank you for the Bible and the plain truth that's in it. And you did not write things to try to confuse us. Everything you wrote was to lead us in a plain way and on a smooth, straight path that leads to life. So I pray that you would always keep us anchored to the scriptures. This, this is our guide and the Holy Spirit who interprets it for us. Go with us, I pray, this evening. Give us safety as we make our way home. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you are dismissed.